0: My
1: name's Brandon Staub. And I'm Brad O'Connell. Welcome to In Dispute Podcast, where we discuss hot-button issues in the Christian church. We're learning to listen to the Bible instead of our emotions, and we invite you to learn with us. Our hope is that these raw conversations would help lead us to truth and bring us closer to the mind and heart of God.
0: This week we are going to be discussing Christians and cussing. It's a a topic that a lot of people definitely struggle with, I would say, in the church, whether or not using foul language is really a sinful thing to do or, you know, if if it's really that big of a deal. Um, So today we're going to kind of dive into Scripture and have a conversation. About whether or not it is a sinful thing, and if
1: it is such a big deal. Okay, so where where do we want to start tonight? Here we got a couple of uh couple of scriptures here that that um, really talk about this topic, and um, so Brandon. Usually, when we do these these podcasts, um, as we're talking uh, through the topics we want to talk about on, on the on the show, um, not every topic is something that that um necessarily needs to be black or white they're just controversial topics that we think need to be talked about Mm -hmm. um but this this is one of the few so far that we've that we've kind of listed out um behind the scenes that that you and i pretty much stand firm on um that you know that that christians really shouldn't be using this kind of language so so that kind of sets this topic um aside as different yeah uh some of the other ones we've listed
0: yeah um and my major argument for it really and, and there's there's several scriptures throughout the Bible um Deuteronomy 14 two, psalm four three to to just name two of them uh cause Christians to be set apart uh, from the world. And I think that one of those things is just in the language that we use and the words that we speak. Um, you know, the world doesn't really care about what comes out of their mouth. They don't necessarily realize the power that, that is in the tongue. And, uh, it's just my main argument against Christians using foul language is that it just, it doesn't set us apart if we're using the same language as the world would.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, this is this is one of those conversations where I think we have to kind of just say right from the beginning that there is a blanket of grace here. Um, you know, as as Christians are being sanctified from, you know, the point of salvation till till the time they see glory. Um, so we're, we're not expecting for, for Christians to be perfect or to never slip up. Um, but really what this this episode is about is. Um, is discussing why we're called to, to speak differently um, and, and hopefully get us as Christians and get those Christians that are listening um, to to really kind of hone in on the heart issue so that when they do slip up, they can immediately go to the cross and try to figure out between them and the spirit, you know, why is it that I speak this way? What is the heart issue that makes these words bubble up mm-hmm. and, and come out? Uh, so, so there's that blanket of grace. Um, you know I'll, I'll be the first to admit that just because of my testimony the way that i live my life uh prior to a relationship with christ that the, there is the occasional um you know slip of the tongue uh here and there um mm-hmm. nothing that i would put as, as anything as you know super crazy um but certainly enough to make me be shocked in in, in my heart and, and say okay god why did i just say that that's the old brad um, what's so the, what's the hard issue coming up here and, and can you work on that? And, you know, so just wanted to kind of throw that out there real quick.
0: Sure. Yeah. And, and I think this issue really goes beyond just four letter words that, you know, start with F. Um, you know, I think this is, you could also consider this, uh, part of, uh, the problem where you're driving and somebody cuts you off and you scream out the window that they're an idiot. Yeah. You know, that's that's cursing just as much as anything else. You're just not necessarily using the the four big curse words, you know, that everyone is labeled as the words, you know.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and we'll kind of get into this a a little bit, I'm sure, as we go through these verses that we found. But I want to talk about, but kind of just to reiterate what you said, that would include the, the Lord's name in vain um You know, to an extent, um, not foul language is what you would you would think of necessarily when you say the word foul language, but it is um, a, a term that that should be held with endearment that we abuse and misuse mm-hmm. quite often, um, and really just take away from the from the power of it because of our misuse of it. Sure. So, so let's dive into some scripture and kind of see see where the Lord takes us here. Yeah. The first one that I have opened up is uh, in Proverbs 18. um, What it says here, let me see the exact verse that I wanted to speak on. Um, It's 18 is verse 21. um, And what it says is death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who live it will eat its fruit um so death and life are in the power of the tongue um and you might want to go into you know james 3 a little bit about this as well it's just the, the the tongue is um is just such a powerful instrument uh not merely just a muscle but it's something in direct relation to the heart um james james calls it uh compares it to the rudder of a ship um the the tongue is able to express what the root is in our you know in our hearts and um know yeah, so so this this passage it's not necessarily saying hey don't cuss but it's definitely a warning um the tongue has the power to give uh life or to give death which i think is just extremely important for us as christians to really keep in mind um keep fresh in our hearts is it, it's so easy in the american culture especially um to just speak and, and and completely just not even pay attention to what we're doing because it's just ingrained uh, almost in our DNA as Americans. It's, it's just everywhere. It's on the news, it's on it's in Hollywood, it's it's in all the movies we see, it's in video games that, that people play. Uh, so much of this, what we call foul language is just becoming mainstream now. Whereas if it, if it is set on a professional uh, news station, no one would bat an eye. Um, and yet the Bible is warning us that we have the power in the words that we choose to say to, to give life, um, or to bring death. Um, and that's just, that's really powerful. I mean, even if I, just, even if I just keep reading this over and over again, uh, it's, it's just so powerful, um, to, to realize that. I mean, you, you look at all the stuff that's going on in the world today. You look at how many teenagers, are, are killing themselves or committing suicide in high school because of bullying that goes on. And, and most of the bullying has to do with words, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, this, These words that are coming out of mouths um, and they could be bringing life. And instead they're, they're bringing death uh, on onto a lot of these younger people. So important for, for Christians to keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, that, that is a, it's a powerful statement for sure. Just to know that, uh, I mean, we as Christians are supposed to bring life to the world, and through the tongue is how we do that. in most cases. Um, most people have the ability to speak, and it's it's the most powerful tool that we have is our is our tongue. and just just through a quick a Google search today. I wanted to see if I could figure out how many times the word tongue was mentioned in the Bible. Uh, I couldn't get a, I couldn't get a good specific answer, but uh, there's at least 84 that I could find just on a quick search. And I would bet that there's probably more than that. So our tongues and and what we speak are just so important. And it's made very clear throughout the entire Bible And we as Christians really need to watch the words that we're speaking, because we do have the power to bring life to people who are on the verge of, uh, like you said earlier, killing themselves. Mm -hmm. And We have the power just within our our mouth to make a a powerful impact and a difference in somebody's life and to change them forever.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And yeah, we, we mentioned James, and it, it, it pretty much says um, just an elaborated uh, version of, of what the Proverbs say. Um, I, I love the language that James use, uh, uses here. If we go to chapter 3 just start reading in verse 4, it says, And consider ships, though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too the tongue is a small part of the body. It boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets ablaze a large forest. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. It just shows the evil, really, that is connected to the sinful nature um, as as far as speech goes. Mm -hmm. Um, what what James is describing there is that re- really the unregenerate heart connected to, to a tongue um, is destruction. Uh, it's really, really what he's pointing out to when, when you really get down to it and really kind of analyze the language that he's using here. It's just is telling us that, hey amen. you literally can bring destruction and will bring destruction with your tongue if it's not mm-hmm. connected to a repentant heart.
0: Yeah, and I mean, reading further down in James verse 10 makes it pretty clear, I think, for us as as Christians. It says, uh, And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Um, does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from salty water. So, you know, if we take that, uh, you know, face value of what it's saying is you, you really, you can't get fresh water from salt water. You can't yeah. pick grapes from a fig tree. Uh, uh, you can't have foul language and cursing coming from a Christian.
1: Good, good stuff there, James. Yeah. I'm going to continue in here. If we go to Matthew 12 uh, and, and see what Matthew 12 has to say here again this has to do a lot in this chapter we're talking about you know tree and its fruit jesus is talking a lot of this kind of stuff but particularly i want to look at verse 34 and it says brood of vipers how can you speak good things when you are evil for the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um And again, you know, this is, we can sit here and talk all night and just repeat the same phrase about this being connected to the heart. But but Jesus is saying here, brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when your evil mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart? Well, there's two things here that that I think are pretty important to kind of point out. So I think it's ironic that Jesus is talking about the connection between words and the heart. And he starts the sentence out with, you brood of vipers, right? Um, right. there's a rebuke there so so we have to be at least willing to admit that there is some language out there that might sound against the grain mm-hmm. um but it's it's not lumped in with the foul language right so so there is a sense of of this language that sometimes is appropriate for a christian to use um and jesus points this out here uh he, he uses this term this brood of vipers i mean that's not a nice thing that he's saying there right mm-hmm. but for some reason it's not lumped in with the this concept of foul language right mm-hmm. um and so i, th- I think that's just that was just something um really just kind of was pointed out to me as i'm reading through that that there is a type of language that sounds against the grain that isn't um this deadly language so to speak
0: yeah, and and you know, and saying that, that kind of brings up one of our other verses that I, you know, we can kind of slide in here with with what you're saying. Um, Ephesians four twenty nine, it says, "Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may be benefit that it may benefit those who listen." And you know, I think that that's what Jesus was doing there, and that harsh language he was using is. It may have been harsh language, but it was something that he was doing to benefit, you know, the brood of vipers. It was to try to correct their wrongdoing. He wasn't calling them names to, you know, just ridicule them. He was, he was using this as a teaching moment and a way to try to correct their, their, their path, you know, get them back on the right path.
1: Right, and um, yeah. You know, there's yes has argument, man. That there, there are definitely people out there. Then they'll argue you. Um, you know, it's just, it's just language. It's just words. The words didn't mean what they meant back then. Mm-hmm. Um, why are you being so legalistic about this? Um, and, and I, I do, I, I try to hear that argument. I really do, and I, I want to hear the reason for the other side of this argument existing you know i want to hear it um but it's just so hard to get away from like when you have these two verses that we're that we're talking about right now you have jesus saying that from the mouth speaks the overflow of the heart which means what comes out of our mouth is a direct uh connection to what is actually in our heart right so Mm -hmm. who cares if the words don't mean the same thing now as they did back then or vice versa i mean if you're dropping the f-bomb no matter how you use that word no matter what which way you try to swing that it's a vulgar term right right you're not going to go around saying that in front of a four-year-old uh you're not going to say that uh in the middle of a classroom if you're a teacher uh i hope to god if you're a pastor you're not saying that from a pulpit um and so we have to really kind of just look at this i mean no matter what way you try to argue that if that word is flying out of your mouth you know what the word means there is no good context to use that word mm-hmm. or pretty much any of the words you know the top five top ten words uh, that are considered foul language um there is no good scenario to use them and so if you're using them just nonchalantly then that's showing me, I mean, that, that kind of goes in the whole fruit of, of a Christian kind of atmosphere now. Like you're showing me that there's something going on in your heart that is just nonchalant, um, not really understanding what it means to have a regenerate heart, you know, not not really understanding what it means to be a new creation. And I'm not talking about a slip-up here and there, I'm talking like, you know people that are just using this as ordinary language. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're saying here in Ephesians, uh, that, that we're supposed to be using our, our language to build people up, like Paul specifically says, you know, don't be unwholesome. You know, your words should be used for one thing and one thing only, building people up. And so if you're dropping these words that clearly mean the exact opposite, then what is that telling Christians, other Christians, other brothers and sisters, about your your heart and your motive, and what does that tell uh, telling the world? Not only about your heart, but what Jesus stands for, right? Like mm-hmm. you're telling me that you're lined up with Christ, your heart's lined up with Christ, and you're talking like this. So, what does that tell the world that Jesus is like? Um, you know, and, and just a really good example of that uh, well, I'm not going to list any specific names, but there are people in the music industry, right, especially the rap world. Um, but the, but uh, but it's it's really hard in uh, in the music industry in the artistic industry to be called a Christian so and so like a Christian rapper like you're already losing sales compared to mainstream music you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, but there's you know, specific, you know there's I'm gonna stick with rap just because it's a genre of music that I listen to here and there so there's people out there and they're like yeah yeah I'm a Christian like I, I follow Jesus I love Jesus like he's my dude he's my God he's my savior and then you listen to their their rap lyrics, and it sounds like something that should, like, uh, I don't know, like, I don't even know what words to use right now. Like, I mean, they're just so vulgar, um, mm-hmm. so disgusting, so demeaning. And we mask it behind this, like, oh, but I was raised in this kind of atmosphere. I'm trying to connect to a different crowd. It's like, okay, but if that's all they hear coming out of your mouth, they're not hearing Jesus, man. They're hearing this lifestyle and you're, you're rapping as if this lifestyle is cool and you're talking about all this sexual stuff and you're dropping this bomb and that bomb and there is no life in that. You know what I mean? There, yeah. there is no, you have made a lifestyle out of that language and it's clearly showing that, in my opinion, it's clearly showing that there's some sort of disconnect in the heart. Um, you know, as far as regeneration goes, as far as really truly understanding what it means to be a new creation that brings life, that brings the gospel, that ushers the kingdom mm-hmm. of God into a broken world, you know. Yeah.
0: Um, Piggybacking off of that, if we can, if we can stir up a little controversial conversation here, um, one of the biggest excuses that I hear from from Christians who curse is that it's just something that I was raised with and something I was brought up in. I grew up with cursing all my life and I worked around it. I'm surrounded by it all the time. And it's just, it's something that, you know, just comes natural. And so if that, if this verse that you read in Matthew is the case, then those excuses about, well, I was raised with it. It's just part of my DNA. And, um, it's just, I work around it constantly. So it's, I can't escape it. Right. Really. That excuse has, that is no excuse because yeah. the true issue is something is going on in your heart.
1: Right. Right. And again, we're not talking about that slip up here and there. We're talking about like the, the scenario you're you're talking about is it's just so normal to me. I'm not even going to fight it. Like, I'm just going to, just going to let grace take care of it. Um, and it's just, you know, a bucket full of excuses. Like you said, I mean, um, it's just, it's just crazy to me. Like Jesus doesn't give a rip about your, um, the way that your surroundings encroach upon you, right? Like he gave you new life. You're, you're a totally new creation. Um, your physical body may be right now in 2018 on planet earth in America, but you are living in the kingdom you're on a different realm right mm-hmm. so you can you can try to say oh, i'm connected to this i'm connected to that it's just how i was raised and no, no 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 like he has taken you out of this world Like you are right. living in a new kingdom right mm-hmm. just just because you can touch and feel this side of eternity doesn't mean that you are no longer in the spiritual kingdom of god you know what i mean um so just just wanted to kind of add that to what you're saying but yeah
0: yeah and really, I mean, all that excuse really does for you is is give you or you you admit that the people and the atmosphere around you have more of an influence on you than Jesus does mm-hmm. and that's definitely a hard issue
1: i don't I don't have the exact verse written down right now. I totally forgot to to write it down, but a- another excuse that people use a lot of the times is um Oh, well, Paul used the word "dung." You know, Paul used these harsh languages. You know, its connection to, to Jesus using um, brutal vipers. Um, and, and if I'm really just being honest with you, I, I used to kind of totally be okay with that that uh, that argument, right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Paul Paul used dung, and we all know what he really meant. Um, you know, but again jesus wasn't calling them a brutal vipers because he was ignorant and because he was um, evil and because he had malicious intent Um, and and paul was not using those words um, you know similarly what paul was using the word dung for paul was discussing what his old life was like right he wanted to express to the people hearing his words reading his words he wanted them to understand how vile and how violent and how disgusting his old lifestyle was he, he was using the word dung almost artistically and i'm not talking like oh i'm going to cuss in my rap song artistically I, i'm talking like like he needed people to understand just how vulgar his his pre-christ life was Mm -hmm. right his unregenerate life was totally different um reason for using a word like that totally different heart behind that right he's not just dropping paul's not dropping f-bombs um just to say it um just to be vulgar you know he had a very specific intention with it um and, and it probably brought the exact amount of shock that he that he was trying to bring you know uh, right. So I just think that's really important. I think people are so uh, just lax and uh <laughs> use that that mm. passage uh, as as a reason to cuss. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I used to use the, the excuse, um, you know, growing up, you know, oh, well, this word is in the Bible, so I can use it, and this word is in the Bible, so I can use that too. Right. You know, you know, talking about, you know, in the Old Testament, there's verses about someone peeing on the wall. If you read the <laughs> if you read the King James version, it doesn't use the word P it actually uses another word, right. you know? So that was my permission to, to curse, you know, because it's, so oh, it's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But you know, really that's, that's not an excuse to, to use that kind of a language. And that's right. misinterpreting misinterpreting the scripture.
1: Right. Um. So we, we mentioned, uh, you know, Said a couple times, you put the connection of, of the heart with the tongue, and um, yeah, I know I personally have used some strong language, re- kind of referring to an unregenerate heart. Um, but what what do we do, or how, how do how do we help um, brothers and sisters um, who who might still have this kind of personality going on as part of their personality still going on? And, and it's in no way, shape, or form them trying to be vulgar. Uh, so meaning, not that there's not a heart issue, but I certainly wouldn't say they're unregenerate. You know, th- this is a different kind of, of heart issue here. Like, um, they're not being malicious. They're not being hateful, spiteful, any of that kind of thing. They just genuinely haven't been sanctified in, in that. Um, mm-hmm. in that. Or maybe if there's a listener out there that still struggles um, you know, with this particular sin. And it's just something they are really wrestling with. Um, not that they want to do it. Not that they mean anything poorly by it at all. It's just, it, just there, not, not in the way that you were using it as an excuse earlier in that scenario, but it's just, it's there. And, and, and they're just kind of working on it and hoping God changes it. Like what kind of advice would you give that, that kind of Christian?
0: I mean, it, like we were, we were talking about earlier, it really all comes down to the heart. And if someone I've, think is truly seeking God and looking for a change in that, that aspect of their life where, where they, they know it's something they need to change and and they're truly praying and asking God to remove that. I don't know if you'd call it a desire, but that just that portion of their life, they're truly wanting that change their heart is in the right place and God will eventually remove that from them. And it's something, something also that you have to put in the effort to change on your own. We we can't just put our feet up and then not put any work into it. Mm-hmm. it we need to make a conscious effort to really think about what we're saying before we say it. Right. Um, and I think that that would probably be the best advice that I could give.
1: Yeah, it's not a legalistic kind of work either. I mean, mm-hmm. there is a part that we that we must play in in the path of sanctification. I'm not trying to sound blasphemous on that. You know, Christ Christ is doing the spiritual work there. He's changing the heart. He's making us more like Him. But what I mean by that is repentance is an action. Uh, repentance isn't just a magic trick. You. You by the power of the spirit in you have to turn and walk right. away from the sin and in the direction of the cross, right? Um, so so just for the listeners out there, we're not talking about oh, you gotta work your way to, to being less of a cussing kind of kind of exactly. person. You will die in that right in that trick, you know. Um but yeah. yeah, but you had such a good answer. I mean, like, is isn't that really the answer, no matter what the sin is? I mean, If you're pursuing the heart of God, if you're pursuing Christ, then he's going to make you more like him, right? And it might take 50 years for this sin to to end versus five years for another sin, you know, and and there's a mystery in Christ. We don't know exactly why he takes longer in some people to do some sins and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, but we know that God is loving. We know that he's gracious and we know that even in our stumbling and fumbling, that he's Walking us back to the cross and he's making us more like him. Right. And so right. If we're chasing Christ. We will be changed that's exactly. The whole point of the gospel
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know another another verse i'm not exactly sure where it is i'm sure I could find it quick, but um, It's to take every thought captive mm-hmm. um, That's really important Especially in this this uh, specific scenario where you know it's a it's an issue of the tongue taking every thought captive is is really an important step in getting getting through that, that struggle.
1: Kind of that that captivate uh you know and buffet my body kind of thing you know Paul talks about mm-hmm. um there there's a workout we have to do as, as part of our, our sanctification for sure. Yeah. Right. So uh you know, we're just trying to while you're, uh, good. I was going to say, while you're, while you're looking at that verse, I don't, I want to, I want to pose another, another question here, um, in regards to foul language. So we have a couple mm-hmm. minutes left. What about Christians and listening to music with foul language in it? I mean, is, is there a way that we can say, well, you you shouldn't be cussing like this. Okay. um, to listen to music with that language in it is there some sort of gray area is there a wisdom area how, how do we walk that line
0: that's a that's a good question and i think there's a, there's a verse somewhere also that, that that tells us that we need to to watch what kind of things we 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 look at and uh, you know kind of the kind of things that we are to be involved in i you know i've heard it said uh, about that that subject is that we have to we have to make that decision on our own whether it's something that we're convicted of and the stuff we listen to and the stuff we watch but I, I do I do feel like there is some kind of a, a line that we need to to not cross as far as what we're putting into our into our spirits right so what, what we put into ourselves is what's going to come out of us. So if we're if we're filling ourselves with you know music that isn't uplifting, You know, the power of the life and death is in the tongue, not just in the tongue of the Christian, but in the tongue of of the non-Christian too. And if we're allowing them to speak into our lives, death, you Mm know, we're allowing that death to to come over us as well. So I think it's really important for us to be very careful what kind of stuff we allow into our our spirits and into our minds.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to be, you know, transparent here for a moment as far as my opinion on this um and, and i'm not saying i'm right i'm totally willing to to learn and and, and change if i'm wrong but um you mentioned earlier we, we were talking about paul using the word dung or, or something like that and and how there, there was no malicious intent behind him but he was using it for a very specific reason he wanted to paint a picture um and so there's different types of, of music out there, different types of cussing. And the way that I kind of draw the line with myself is like, there's, there's some punkish bands out there, some punk rock bands, you know, whatever that, that are obviously political um, or, or maybe they're just trying to make the world a better place, you know, sans Jesus. Um, but, you know, there's some bands out there that I tend to, you know, listen to from time to time. And there's definitely some foul language in there. Um, but when I'm going through certain genres and I'm trying to find new music to listen to, or trying to decide if it's something I should listen to, there, there's definitely a conviction aspect that I go through, um, and really I kind of play it by like this: um, if I'm if I'm listening to a band and and they're just cussing just to cuss, if like they're just angry people, they're cussing, they're talking about sex, and there's zero um reason for it It, it's just because they're just foul people with foul hearts. like i'm not listening to that like i I don't want that kind of energy in my my mind and my heart it's kind of like you were just mentioning Mm -hmm. but but there's there's some music out there that they're gonna they're gonna drop some harsh language um but in but in my opinion if i look at it from an artistic standpoint they're doing it because they're trying to bring a certain type of truth uh to the surface, and, and they're trying to shock the culture around them with this truth. Um, and from just coming from me, uh, you know, being in some music while I was in college and all that kind of stuff, um, there are times where it's almost like I, I have no other way to put this. I have no other way to shock you other than to use this word in this artistic way um, because I, I need you to feel what I'm feeling, right? So, if it's that kind of music, I'm, I'm typically going to be okay with myself listening to it. Um, but I stay very open to the spirit. And as soon as something slips and I'm like, you know what, that's not cool, like that is not artistic, but I'm, I'm going to step away from that. Um, and another thing I try to do is, just as far as wisdom goes, is I'm listening to this music for myself, um, but I'm not forcing somebody else around me to listen to it. Uh, I'm not going to let you know, I'm. I'm not going to drop um, a CD that cusses. I'm not going to let that play while I've got my my little kid in the car. You know, I've got a 17 month old son. I'm not going to let him listen to any kind of foul language in the car, um, because I understand the power of the tongue, and I understand as an adult why this is being said, and 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 the heart behind what what's being said in this record. And I don't want my kid um, to be influenced by that especially at an age where he has no clue what the Holy Spirit is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I try really hard to be wise about what I'm listening to around other people because I want the spirit to work in their lives. and I don't want to influence them. I don't want to cause them to stumble because what might be okay to me as an artistic, artistically-minded person, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it comes to music or poetry, might cause them to stumble. You know. And so I want to be very, very cautious about what I'm listening to around other people, and I want to be very wise about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not because I'm being hypocritical or trying to hide it. It's because I want to bring life to them and I want to make sure I'm not making them stumble by something that's not making me stumble. You know, I could be totally wrong in that. something I'm willing to grow in um, as well. But I just thought that was, you know, something we should probably touch on while we're talking about about, our language.
0: Yeah. Um, And if I can, you know, if I can jump in here, um, there's a a passage that I would like to read that would, go right along with with this this thought process it's in second Corinthians chapter 6 and it starts at verse 14 and I'll just I'll just read it through quick it's not that long reading from the New Living Translation by the way Uh, don't team up with those who are unbelievers how can righteousness be a partner with wickedness how can light live with darkness What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty.
1: Hmm. It's definitely a challenging passage for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that could that could potentially be an answer to that question of, you know, what what can we as Christians filled with the Holy Spirit allow to live inside us alongside the Holy Spirit? Right. With the things that we're welcoming into our spirits. Be something that the Holy Spirit would okay be okay living beside. Um, that's really the question that we need to ask in anything that we do and anything that we say is is what I'm speaking is what is within my spirit and w- is what I'm allowing to to go into my spirit going to be okay. Is the Holy Spirit going to be okay living alongside of that thing?
1: Well, oh, man, well I think that's pretty much covered most of the passages, uh, really that, that would be the most powerful as far as the this topic goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we why don't we pray out and then uh, we'll hit up with another topic in the next All right. episode. All, All right, right cool. uh, So I'll pray us out here tonight, uh, Father. We just thank you so much that that you've given us this this ability to uh, to have a platform where we can discuss. Topics that are really important for brothers and sisters uh, to talk about um, so that we can grow to be more like you. So that as as we become better disciples, who make disciples, uh, that we can really bring truth to the table. God, and and we pray that you would continue to give us boldness to speak on topics that that some people just don't want to talk about. And tonight, specifically, we ask that you would uh, help Brandon and I and help those that are listening to just constantly evaluate uh, our hearts Constantly evaluate what we're saying, why we're saying it, what we're listening to, and why we're putting it in our spirits, God. And uh, and just help us to walk more like you, bringing life with our tongues and not death. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we'll catch you next time on In Dispute.
0: Thanks for listening to In Dispute podcast. We hope today's conversation has stirred you to seek biblical truth. If you'd like to contact us with questions comments or suggest topics you can find us on twitter at dispute podcast and on facebook at facebook.com slash podcast tune in next week for another topic in dispute